Hello, and welcome to this Coupa HR podcast. This year is Coupa HR's 75th anniversary. HR and higher education has come a long way over the past 75 years. For this series, emerging Coupa HR leaders set out to discover lessons from the past, present, and future of higher ed HR by talking with several outstanding leaders in our profession. Each of our guests has received Coupa HR's highest honor, the Donald E. Dickinson Award which was named for the association's founder and first president and recognizes outstanding contributions to Coupa HR in the profession. Join us as we pick their brains and solicit their advice about higher ed, HR, and Coupa HR. I'm Natalie Trent and I'm the human resources specialist at Grand Valley State University. And I'm Aisha Kidd, Associate Vice President of Organizational Development and Effectiveness at the College of Southern Nevada. And I want to say that we are both proud emerging leaders and members of Coupa HR. And we're joined today by Andy Brantley, President and CEO of Coupa HR and Chair of Coupa HR Board from 2000 to 2001, and Patty Cougar, who is also Chair of Coupa HR Board 2001 to 2002. She's a former Cooper HR Knowledge Center content manager and a 30-year retiree from Texas A&M System as Vice Chancellor of Human Resources. They have offered to share some of their Cooper HR stories and professional insights as we celebrate the 75th year of this association for higher ed HR professionals. Thank you both for being here. You're most welcome. Absolutely. Glad to be with you. So I'll get us started. Um, can you both tell us about a favorite Coupa HR memory you have, maybe a moment that made you feel especially connected to your Coupa HR colleagues, or a contribution you were particularly proud of? Andy, would you start us off? There are so many memories of Coupa HR from my time as a, a volunteer leader, as a member of the Southern Region Board and as a member of the National Board. And also, and it's hard to believe that and almost, and Patty, it's been almost 16 years that I've been in this role now, which is just crazy in every way, shape or form. But there, there are so many memories as part of that. But some of the things, you know, if I focus on my time as a volunteer leader, I have a very vivid memory to this day of, we were in Tempe, Arizona, for the Association Leadership Program, which starts our year in July. And prior to that, in times of pre-COVID, the board meets. And I can remember walking into that board meeting for the first time as the chair of the board and feeling a sense of, a sense of pride and a sense of you know, kind of overwhelming um, uh, gratitude for the opportunity, but also this true uh, undeniable connection with every person in that room, not just as a leader of higher education HR, but as a colleague and a friend. And many of those friendships extend, including my friendship with Patty Cougar um, to this day. So that's a volunteer perspective. From a perspective in this role of Coupa HR, there are so many, so many uh, different things, but I think one of the things that, that really stands out to me is that uh, having this opportunity to work with these incredible people, not just across the country, but also in the national office, being able to really put um, into practice a lot of the things we talk about from an HR perspective, but really having that opportunity to engage and help our staff 
be successful in their roles. So those are some of the, the uh, memory types of things for me. How about you, Patty? Well, <clears throat> my, my memory uh, that I wanna share was a very, very special one. Uh, the year that I was chair of the board, really president then, um, we, I was in charge of the program, of course, traditionally, and uh, we met in Dallas. And the date of the meeting was days after 9-11. And yep. we were very, very concerned that, you know, about attendance and what have you. And yes, it was down a bit, understandably. People were concerned about flying, a great deal of fear and uncertainty. And I got up to the podium to welcome everyone to Dallas. And the theme of my year as chair was collegiality, the power of association. And I chose that title about a year before 9-11. But how perfectly well suited that theme was for that particular conference, because it was a bringing together of, you know, our colleagues. Um, and there was, this, there was a lot of comfort in that for us to be together um, in, in that environment. So that was a very, very memorable time for me. What skills have you learned or cultivated that have been most important in your success as a leader? So would you like for me to go first uh, with this? I, you know, some of the things that I think about and you think about Coupa HR and how, uh, you know, our membership includes now over 33,000 members uh, across the country at over 2,000 colleges and universities. And one of the things that resonates for me as a leader of any organization, but particularly at Kuba HR, is that I can have the best idea in the world and think that it is the best thing for Kuba HR, but others have to share that passion and that commitment to that idea, uh, or it means nothing. So, you know, the best ideas in the world are typically those that, in my opinion, come about through collaborative efforts. So it's, it's the collective knowledge that comes to that conversation that causes the ideas to emerge. It doesn't mean that we can't have individual ideas, but what I found again and again and again is that that collective brain trust or collective um, brainstorming from groups of people most often leads to the best outcome. And it also helps us coalesce around the things that are most important. So uh, I could go on, but I think that's, that's one of the things that uh, I think about you know, during you know, my time in leadership roles uh, over the last X number of years uh, <laughs> for that. So, so Patty, how about you? Well, I believe that strategic thinking and planning were instrumental to my professional development, learning to engage in that, to see the big picture, uh, to be more involved in outreach to my constituents, those I serve, uh, rather than staying in the HR bubble. Um, because much of what we do is a valued add, value added activity. And if you can reach out to those who uh, are in need, it's very, very meaningful and they appreciate what you do for them. So I think that that kind of 
engagement with your constituents was an incredibly important skill. Thank you, Patty. Thank you, Andy. So what's one characteristic you think all HR practitioners should possess? Patty, do you want to get us started? Sure. Um, I believe seeing the big picture, looking beyond the HR organization, looking at the Institute as a whole, um, and then integrating into that what you can do to add value to that organization, to focus on where the organization is going and how you can facilitate that in the best way possible. Uh, so thinking beyond HR, uh, becoming a, a, a person who is involved in the leadership activity rather than HR administration. Patty, I could not agree more. In fact, that's what I had also jotted down for this is that we have to get out of this mind frame of thinking we're HR practitioners first. So if, if we, we can be the best benefits administrator or the best comp administrator, if we don't understand it in the larger context, we've kind of missed our opportunity to really make an impact. So everything we do has to be framed by, and I actually used this with, with a group last week. So what are the other lenses of leaders at your institution? So for example, uh, what is top of mind for your president right now? Are your provost right now? And how does your work support and help uh, make them uh, accomplish the goals for the institution? It's less about HR and more about how we are impacting the work of the organization overall. And I think that that, that is so important. And I'm going to include a quote, Patty, we have to do this. Uh, Patty and I were part of um, creating the very first understanding higher education workshop years ago uh, when we did it in person. And part of what we did as part of that is we actually recorded some videos from uh, some of our past leaders, including, uh, and he passed away several years ago. His name is, was Ray Fortunato, who was mm -hmm. the chief HR officer at Penn State University. And one of the things that he said that I think resonates so much for all of us is don't wait to be anointed or appointed. Don't wait to be anointed or appointed. And he went on to talk about some of the ways that, that he found ways to have his HR role more clearly connect across the campus. So, and I think that that is, you know, so hopefully through this recording, you know, Ray Fortunato's words of wisdom live on for the next generation, yeah. don't wait to be anointed or appointed. That's wonderful. Good yeah, that's good advice. What area or focus within the profession do you see as being the most influential and are poised for growth in the next 10 years? You want to start us off, Andy? Sure. Uh, as, as I think all of you know, uh, so much has been learned during uh, you know, calendar year 2020 and into 2021 uh, as a result of the pandemic and how has it impacted uh, everything that we do on campus. So I think over the next 10 years, one of the things that HR leaders have to be willing to do is think how we pull the best facets of that forward. You know, things like being 
less focused on hours worked and more focused on work performed and outcomes produced. Uh, acknowledging the whole person. I think one of the things that we have really learned in ways that we might have known before, but it's really been brought to the forefront is that, you know, we, we bring this whole person of who we are to our roles and understanding that as leaders of um, HR, I think is a really important piece of this. The last thing I would say is, as it relates to this is, and we already referenced this earlier, is HR leader of the, HR is leader of the organization. In other words, we have to get our heads out of the policies and procedures and more on what it means to lead the organization and how we are not seen as a policy police, but how we're seen as leaders of the organization overall. How about you, Patty? Well, my thought is very similar to yours in that workforce planning and re-engineering, I think will be key elements uh, in the future. Uh, world of work is incredibly different now and understanding that and knowing how to support that and enrich it um, is gonna be a key element in the future of HR and the contributions to the organization. Um, uh, assessing organizational needs in the context of the new now, um, I think is gonna be incredibly important. Um, and it's gonna take a good bit of creativity and rethinking what we have done in the past and engineering programs and uh, thinking in, the, in terms of the new paradigm, as they say. Yeah, Patty, I would, I would add to that, you know, as it relates to that, that new paradigm and the way that we characterize work, this whole perspective of work that has to be performed on site versus work that can be performed remotely versus hybrid and the degree to which as leaders of higher education human resources, we help uh, again think our presidents and our provosts and others see the importance of that perspective and that it's about not just about uh, what might work uh, for the organization, but it's recruiting and retaining uh, key talent in ways that we might not have had to think about before uh, that are going to be front and center, you know, as we move into the future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what would you say has been your most enriching professional development experience in your time with Coupa HR? Patty, do you want to kick us off? Certainly. I'm going to reverse that a bit um, because Andy mentioned a few moments ago the Understanding Higher Ed uh, HR uh, program that we developed. Uh, and it was enriching, particularly uh, satisfying to observe the participants in that course. Uh, it was wildly popular. We had people that were so frustrated that they couldn't get into the into the classroom, uh, pulling up chairs and sitting outside the door. I mean, they were hungry for answers and understanding of, of their new role. Many of them had not worked in HR. Many of them had not worked in higher ed. And they were thirsty. And we loved providing ideas and help 
guidance and understanding, um, we made a difference. And that program went on many, many years. And it was so much fun to teach because the people were like sponges. They loved every minute of it. And then they would come and ask question after question after question. Um, and that was just um, a very satisfying, enriching professional development experience for me. And Patty, I would add to that, and you may not be aware of this, but that program is now available as an online e-course from Coupa HR. And we've actually structured it now that you can go through that course with a cohort. In fact, we just signed up the next cohort of 30 that will go through that um, during the next couple of months or the next few months together. And it combines both the online content with some of our current and past leaders as monthly facilitators of discussion. So it's, it's taking that. There's so much about that rich content that you and I helped create a long time ago that's still core to that program. It's just uh -huh. been fun to see. And I think, uh, you know, it, for people like you and me that, that really were uh, helping create those learning experiences years ago to see them continue to be so relevant now, but just in a 2021 context of learning delivery is, is very gratifying personally. It is, it is indeed. I think, you know, for me, in, in addition to all the things that Patty just referred to, if I have to think about the most enriching professional development experience for me, uh, part of it, I mean, there are, there are lots of them, but, but one of the things that always seems to come back to me is that annual association leadership program experience that none of us got to experience face-to-face -face this year. Um, and as Natalie and Aisha know, Patty, we deployed that remotely. So we did a session in September, we did a session in November, we did another session in February, and our leaders are actually going through, um, <clears throat> in fact, we have a Oneness Lab uh, session this afternoon uh, as part of our commitment. So we changed it to, to virtual for this year, but there's just always something about that event in the past is that it's in July, we're focused on key things that are on the horizon for higher education, higher education, HR, but it's also that opportunity to connect in a meaningful way with your colleagues who are doing this work across the country and who also have the significant love and commitment to Cuba HR. 